0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Uh, today we are going to wind up this series that we have been doing on transformative parenting, and we're talking about the spiritual formation of children that both survives and thrives in the midst of our darkening culture. And today I wanna give you sort of a a recap, a summary and some new territory as we talk about transformative parenting. But I'm gonna encourage a number of kind of uh, really find a home in your mind and heart. It's like, wow, these are some pretty significant changes that Steve is recommending. But simply listening to these broadcasts and saying, you know, I agree with that Is not going to benefit your children unless there's actual changes on your part, changes in the way your children are spiritually formed. Uh, Otherwise, nothing will happen. So I would encourage you uh, down the road at FamilyLifeCenter.net, our website where you can find us on the web. We're going to have the whole series of transformative parenting available, and I encourage you to get those recordings And listen to them multiple times because what I am saying, at at least at this point in both written and other forms of media, and so you want to get this into your mind and then actually start formulating plans to actually execute what I'm talking about. Now, just to recap this, and in case today you're just joining us at this final episode in transformative parenting, what are we talking about? Here it is. There are literally today millions of good, sincere, conservative, practicing, solid Catholic parents who were confident during the childhood years that the spiritual formation of their children would produce the desired fruit of a faithful Catholic life when their children grew up, and things Well, they were just going along fine and dandy during childhood, and yes, there were the terrible twos and the temper tantrums and all this type of thing, but basically things were going along well, and then this shocking, heartbreaking teenage or 20-something apathy towards the faith. There seems to be no interest, no enthusiasm, no motivation for the things of God, or worse, they go off to college and ended up not just going off to college, they go away from the faith and plunge into an immoral lifestyle, leading to a loss of eternal life. Now, if you think you're immune, your children are immune from the secular forces in today's culture, well then, I don't think this series is for you But if your radar system is telling you as a parent that there's trouble today in our culture, and my children are growing up in a culture that's in many ways just upside down from what things were 40, 50 years ago, then you need to do something different if the majority of young people, both Protestant and Catholic, are growing up so by the time they're in their 20s, they're leaving the faith. They're ceased practicing their faith, so something needs to dramatically change. And in transformative parenting, the part, if you wanted to target a part of your child's life or your life, that needs to change, where does the transformation take place? It's in the heart. Pope Benedict XVI said in his fine book, Jesus of Nazareth, on page 92, quote, the organ for seeing God is the heart. The intellect alone is not enough. Unquote. Now, that citation is from Pope Benedict XVI, who himself is literally a genius and a scholar. And yet he has the spiritual insight to say the organ for seeing God is the heart. The intellect alone is not enough. The intellect alone in our day, in a day of a cultural collapse, in a day of cultural paganism, is not enough to keep your kids Catholic, and that's the heart of this whole series, and this is not new. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah was sent to the people of God in the Old Testament who were departing from God. And God basically nails what the problem is. It's in Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13. Isaiah, quoting God, says, This people draws near with their mouth and honors me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. Their fear of me is a commandment of men learned by rote. In other words, the people in the Old Testament, who were departing from God had lots of religious facts within their minds. They knew the commandments of God learned by rote, but it never connected with their hearts. And a spiritual formation, which may have worked in other days, which is being widely practiced today, which simply goes for the intellect alone, is not enough to have changed behavior solid morals, and faithful Catholic living. And so what I'm calling transformative parenting is that type of truth that's conveyed through the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms the heart of a child, that ignites a fire within, that endures through thick and thin, testing temptation, teens and twenties, right on to eternity. And to resist the media pressure, the cultural pressure, the peer pressure. They really need to know Jesus in the depth of their hearts. Quoting again Pope Benedict XVI, he said, Christianity is not a new philosophy or a new morality. We are only Christians if we encounter Christ. Only in this personal relationship with Christ. Only in this encounter with the risen one do we truly become Christians. And to simply think that we are going to get children and convey to them a certain amount of theological information to the intellect alone. And I think if you really investigated things, this is kind of what we're thinking. It's it's get them in a classroom, get abstract information into their minds, and somehow they'll be faithful Catholics. Well, I don't think that was ever a winning strategy, but when you had a wider culture that supported what church and home were trying to convey to young people, you had a much more Christian cultural environment that children grew up in, we got by with that. That was never God's plan, Old or New Testaments, Protestant or Catholic, that just was never the plan. And so we're living in a new day and it's a dark day, and very often parents and catechists are living as though it's in another day. Things need to change if we wanna keep the cultural drift of our young people away from the faith. So that's what we're trying to do in this whole series of episodes in Transformative Parenting. And by the way, you're listening to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood, and you can find out more about us on the web at familylifecenter.net. So what do we do? Uh, what, What should the process be? Blessed John Paul II, in his exhortation, Catechesis in Our Time, section 19, says this. Listen very carefully catechesis must often concern itself, not only with nourishing and teaching the faith. That's that's fine. I'm not against doing that. Don't get me wrong. It, it must concern itself with doing that. But he goes on, but also with arousing it unceasingly with the help of grace, with opening the heart, with converting, with preparing total adherence to Jesus Christ. That's what Pope Benedict talked about, this strong personal encounter with Christ, on a part of those who are still on the threshold of faith. This concern will in part decide the tone, the language, and the method of catechesis. So if you're going to open the heart, you're going to have to do it and teach it in a manner, in an environment, and with a tone, consistent with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned earlier in the series, but this needs to be mentioned, when you're bringing people uh, to prepare encountering Christ in a sacrament, and if you start using words like must, required, mandatory attendance, and all these kind of spiritual hurdles they need to get over in order to get this Do you really think this is the way to elicit and awaken a response of the heart? Or are you setting up the law, which St. Paul says there's kind of a rejection, the opposite takes place? That's just tone. The entire sacramental preparation must be not just nourishing and teaching the faith as John Paul II, but with helping... The opening of the heart with converting, with seeking grace to prepare for the total adherence to Christ. And in other words, transform the heart. So, sacramental preparation needs to be something of a joy filled, spirit filled, encouraging, heartwarming experience. I even suggested the notion, and I dare, I just pray that at least one parish would do this. Rather than, say, putting children, preparing for a co-union, communion with Christ by putting them in a a sterile classroom or a look-alike corporate boardroom, uh, those are sterile environments. Those are environments where the head is nourished, and we want to nourish the mind, but we also want to open the heart. And what if you did this in a special sacramental preparation classroom that resembled more of a family room, maybe even with a fireplace than a sterile classroom? And what if you even went extreme on this and put on your parish grounds a lodge, kind of representing a big log cabin, a warm type of place where you go to really Open yourself up to something new, something meaningful, something personal, the living God, not abstract, sterile ideas about him. Uh, These are ways that we can teach in a manner consistent with how we want to do our catechesis. But more important than even what goes on in the parish, and I'm not trying to put down anything that goes on in the parish, those are important, but more important is the strength of the relationship between teacher and student. And this, is, this has been a premise, so to speak, for this entire transformative parenting series, that the strength of the relationship between teacher and student is equivalent to the strength of the faith conveyed. And if a teacher, in a very abstract setting— may or may not even know the child's name, but really doesn't have any type of strong relational connection to his or her students, I'm sorry, but it's going to be a weak faith conveyed. Uh, Teachers and catechists who do something outside the classroom with their children, uh, go to a park, a picnic, a fishing trip, a camping trip, some kind of setting where the relational bonds are strengthened, I guarantee the faith conveyed will be strengthened. But building on that premise that the strength of the relationship between teacher and student will be equivalent to the strength of faith conveyed, it's very simple deduction to figure out then who are the best religious instructors on earth. And it's not ones with PhDs and THDs and all kinds of degrees and letters after their name. The best religious instructors of children for the transformation of the heart are mom and dad, because they have the bond of flesh and blood, of DNA, of sharing the home. And with the most modest sharing of the faith, a strong faith will be conveyed because of their relationship with their children is so strong, stronger than any other. That way they can they can convey a faith that will survive in the environment that we're living in. And I must say, first of all, I'll just say this. There are many good exceptions to what I'm about to say, but basically, the Catholic Church officially teaches, and you hear quite a bit, that parents are the primary educators of their children. And I will say, in practice, that is a lot of hot air. It just doesn't happen. Where are the millions of dollars we spend for other forms of catechesis and such to train parents to be the primary educators? Let's face it, uh, the vast majority of parents, now there are thousands of exceptions and there's certainly thousands of parishes that are exceptions, but the norm is I drop my child off at the parochial school or I drop my children off for a CCD class and, you know, that's it. No, that isn't it, because that will not work in today's world, and parents are needed to convey a strong faith, and unless some teacher has a stronger relational bond with the child than mom and dad do, they're not going to be capable of teaching a stronger faith. Let me just give you kind of a quick summary of how far, things have changed. And before I do, just let me remind you, you're listening to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood. Here's what has changed, and this is, this is very simple, and it's overgeneralized, but let me convey it. I'm going to first talk about my generation, uh, the generation of today's parents and grandparents. There was a weakness that uh, I see, looking back over my lifetime, A dichotomy was present in, again, not everyone, but a dichotomy was certainly present in all Christian expressions in the United States between Sunday and Monday. What do I mean by that? There is a dichotomy between going to church and then consistently taking that into daily life, to work life, that type of thing. And that's a profound weakness. Because the saying goes, uh, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. In other words, all of your week, all of your life, or he's not Lord at all. But when you're in a transition phase, sometimes you're you're greatly (laughs) deceived, like, "Ah, this will work. But you allow this to go on for a generation, and I dare say my generation, even my parents' generation, I think this was going on. But then we come to the generation of today's youth, and the divorce now isn't between Sunday and Monday or Sunday and, and the workday. The divorce now is between Sunday and Saturday, between Sunday and social life, between Sunday and media life, between Sunday and moral life. In other words, the gap, the dichotomy between our faith life and the rest of our life is widening to the point in Christian youth that Christian integrity is disappearing in the younger generation of Catholics and Protestants. In fact, it's disintegrating. And what you do, mom and dad, and last week I actually last couple of episodes I showed you practical ways using the book of Proverbs and especially using the gospel readings at home that what you are doing is you're uniting family life with church life. By simply reverberating those gospel readings in the home, you're building integrity rather than the disappearing integrity with the younger generation. Because that divorce between faith and daily life, faith and social life, faith and media life, faith and moral life, you build integrity by the simple act of mom and dad, the best religious educators because of the strong relational bond, echo at home what they just heard at church. You're, you're building a consistency between the two that aren't going to break under the weight Of our cultural apostasy world. Now, I would like to give you a demonstration of a real-life example of how this works, and I mean really works, how doing transformative parenting in an age of apostasy in a totally pagan environment really works. You know, um, I guess I'm a little bit of a strange bird, but, you know, I read the Bible just like I guess everybody else does, but I also read the Bible with an eye to family life, and it's just something that God has kind of stirred me up to do. And I came across the most stunning example of how this works, because, for instance, uh Great experiences in the Old Testament occurred. People were called to live faithfully with the great God who created the world and redeemed Israel in the midst of a pagan environment, and the entire New Testament, Matthew through Revelation, was written in the midst of a pagan empire. Where babies were put on a garbage dump to die, where idols were worshipped, where demon worship and and prostitution was a part of religious expression. This was the world of the New Testament. So when you read the New Testament, this isn't some like isolated spiritual community immune from what was going on. This was the real deal. And 2 Timothy, it's Paul's second letter to St. Timothy. And he starts in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, chapter 1 in verse 5. St. Paul says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, okay? That's the deal. Not knowledge about God learned by rote that hasn't touched the heart, but a sincere faith. Then he says, why is this a sincere faith? A faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, And now I am sure dwells in you. You see, the faith isn't like an it with some textbook that some other kid used the semester before. The faith is a living thing. And it lived in grandma. And she passed it on to mom. And mom passed it on to Timothy. So Paul says, I know that you have a sincere faith. And I'm sure that it now dwells in you. Why? Not from a textbook not from a seminar, not from a lecture hall, and all those things are fine, but the sincere, sure faith came from grandma and mom. Now, Timothy's dad probably wasn't a Christian, and so we find in the next chapter of Second Timothy, chapter 2, the first two verses, you then, St. Paul writing him, you then, my son, <laughs> think of that versus a sterile seminary classroom. My son, this is Christian discipleship. Paul was a father figure and also the one discipling Timothy. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that it is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust trust of faithful men. You see, St. Paul was doing relational discipleship. He wasn't in a lecture hall giving some facts about theology. He said, my son, we're, we're bound. We have a relationship. And based on the relationship, Timothy has a strong faith. Now, you think things are bad? Listen to this. This is the next chapter of 2 Timothy. Just turn the page to 2 Timothy 3 and the first verses and following. He says, understand this that in the last days, there will come times of stress, like today. The faith is under stress. He says, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, unholy, inhuman, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Does this sound like USA Today? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding the form of religion exterior religion, but denying the power of it. That's the stress, the time of stress in the last days. Um, My son's studying engineering, and they basically put stress tests on different types of metal to see if they hold. The old way of catechesis, which is information only to the intellect, isn't going to stand up for the stress today. It needs something stronger. And so further on in that same chapter where Paul says all this crazy, immoral stuff is coming, verse 10, but you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, and my patience, my love, and my steadfastness. See, personal observation, life to life, And he says, while evil men and impostors go on from bad to worse, and I'll predict the future, while evil men and impostors go on from bad to worse, just like the first century, so the 21st century. But he says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Personal relational discipleship between St. Paul and Timothy and grandma and mom Firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and from childhood, thank you, Grandma, thank you, Mom, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. In other words, the teachings of the Scripture came not only in a father-to-son-like manner, relational discipleship from St. Paul, but also came from the home. And even though they were living in the worst of a pagan situation, Paul knew that that his young disciple Timothy could stand firm, that he had a sure faith, a sincere faith, because it was relationally conveyed and it had transformed his heart so he could stand up to what was coming in the culture and, in fact, not just stand up to it, but be a disciple to spread the faith to others. Well, this winds up transformative parenting. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have. And guess what? I have a new series I'll be talking about next week that actually goes a step further and takes transformative parenting to a, maybe even a higher plane or to a further level so that we can raise faithful disciples of Christ no matter what the situation is in our world. Till next time, this is Steve Wood with Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.familylifecenter.net.